Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. It is Q&A Tuesday and not unusually, we get a lot of questions about naps and today is definitely a lot about naps, capping naps, naps for different ages, when to drop naps. So lots of focus on the naps today. And so it should be because naps are super important. I talk about this all the time, how sleep begets sleep. And so that means that you're babies or your toddler's daytime rest is as important as their nighttime rest because the two really do go hand in hand. So we don't just want to focus on nighttime sleep. We want to focus on all that good, healthy, restorative daytime rest for your young children as well. So let's dive into the top five questions that I got in my DM box on Instagram this week, all about naps. First one, Would you say it's time to start capping naps for my now two-year-old who naps from 1 to 3 p.m. and takes 30 minutes to fall asleep at her 7 o'clock bedtime? Okay, the important thing here is the child's age because there's a really big difference between a two-year-old, like a 24-month-old, and a -a three-and-a-half-year-old having a two-hour nap and a 7 o'clock bedtime. When it comes to a 24-month-old, I am very, very confident that they still need a nap, that they still need a good nap. And to me, a good nap for a two-year-old is at least an hour and a half. Even two hours is still fine. So in answer to this parent's question, I wouldn't necessarily start capping the two-hour nap of a two-year-old because they probably still need it. They are taking 30 minutes to fall asleep at their seven o'clock bedtime. That's the issue I would look at. We do have to consider that there are ages where our children, wait for it, I know this is going to be harsh, I know you. this isn't what a lot of parents want to hear, they need a later bedtime. I know we love our early bedtimes. I loved the early bedtime. I love my child so much. I love spending time with her. But when she was two years old and she needed an early bedtime of 7, 7.15 p.m., My husband and I got so much time together in the evening and a lot of you might be experiencing that and in the phase where your child goes to bed early and you're really enjoying it because you get a lot of time with your partner or you get time to yourself after they go to bed. But there are ages where we have to start making bedtime a little bit later to put a little more sleep pressure on that bedtime. A 24-month-old taking a two-hour nap and taking half an hour to fall asleep at their seven o'clock bedtime is probably one of these times when we have to consider a slightly later bedtime. But don't fear, I'm saying slightly, just a little bit later. The first thing we have to consider here is that it is very normal for toddlers to take 20 to 30 minutes to fall asleep at bedtime. So if this child is just babbling, rustling around, talking to herself in her crib or her bed, if she is just talking to her stuffy, all that kind of stuff, and it's not bothering her and it's not bothering the parents, I would suggest that it's totally fine that she's taking around half an hour to fall asleep at bedtime because there is a lot to process in that beautiful little mind at the end of the day for a toddler. It's normal that it takes them some time to fall asleep. 
at this age. However, I will say that if you're finding that she just doesn't seem tired enough, it's not necessarily that she is processing things and talking to herself and singing the alphabet and seeming to just practice new skills, but it really just doesn't seem that she's tired enough, you might want to consider a bedtime that is closer to 7.15 or even 7.30 for a two-year-old who's napping from 1 to 3 p.m. I would be more inclined to do a slightly later bedtime than 7 o'clock for a child that age who's having a good two-hour nap. So First thing I would consider here is a slightly later bedtime rather than capping the nap of a 24-month-old. They do still usually need a two-hour nap in the day. The next question, though, is about a -a three-and-a-half-year-old. My three-and-a-half-year-old still takes a nap, and we aim for bed before 8 p.m., but he continues to wake up at night and have early wakings around 5.30 a.m. lately. Any advice? This is where I would say it's time to start capping the nap or I hate to say it because I know we also love our naps and our downtime for parents, but at three and a half, if your child is still napping and isn't tired enough for bed by 8 PM, you probably need to drop the nap altogether. I'm just going to give you a minute. I hope you were sitting down. I should have warned you before I said that because some parents are sitting there thinking, no, don't tell me this, Erin. I don't want to get rid of my preschooler's nap. I love that time in the middle of the day where I get a break, but There's some good news in all of this too. If your three and a half year old is taking a nap and not tired enough for bedtime by 8 p.m., I would suggest it's time to drop the nap. But it also means your child now needs to go to bed a lot earlier. So instead of getting that break in the middle of the day when they used to nap, now you're going to get more of a break in the evening because they're going to start to go to bed earlier. When your child is around three, three and a half, four years old, and they show signs that they're ready to drop their nap, i.e. they're not tired enough for bedtime anymore, you are going to need to do an early bedtime. And at that age, when we are first getting used to not napping and not getting any daytime rest, I would actually put your child to bed at 6 o'clock p.m. Lights out for the night. That might sound really early, but you have to remember, if your child used to have an hour and a half, two-hour nap and go to bed around 8, and now we're not doing a nap anymore, they are going to be very tired by 6 p.m., So I would start off with a 6 p.m. bedtime when you're transitioning away from that nap. And then as your child seems to be adjusting, not super overtired by dinner time, by 6 p.m., you could start to creep that bedtime closer to 6.30. And then by the time your child is around four years old and has really adjusted to not napping during the day, you'll probably be able to land on a nice 7 p.m. bedtime for that child who's no longer napping. Next question. This one's not about naps. I'm going to throw in a different one here. This one is about the rolling milestone. Hey Erin, very tired mama over here. My baby's sleep has been disrupted by the rolling milestone. She tries to roll and wakes herself up, cuts naps short, wakes up multiple times at night. It's been a few days now. Is there anything I can do? So the good news is usually these kinds of developmental milestones pass within a week or two. And if we can be really consistent about how we manage them, we can get to the other side without too much disruption. But certainly I do understand this can be a really frustrating and disruptive phase for a child to go through and a parent to go through. When it comes to the rolling milestone, we're talking about usually a baby who can roll one way but hasn't yet mastered rolling the other way. And most commonly, I see that baby learns to roll from their back to their tummy but hasn't yet learned to roll back to their back again. And then it becomes really frustrating because we're putting baby in the crib on their back for sleep and then they're rolling to their tummy and they're kind of stuck there and they can't get out of that position and they want to get back on their back. They're not comfy on their belly. 
this can become really frustrating because then as a parent, you go in and roll them back over. But then because baby is practicing this fun new skill, they roll back to their belly again and then they're upset again and you roll them back over and it becomes really disruptive to their night and creates these short naps like this mom is talking about in this question. First things first, Health Canada advises that you put your baby in their crib on their back for sleep. They also advise that once your baby can roll independently, you don't have to reposition them. So for those parents who are finding that their baby has begun to roll, but is happy and not upset once they've rolled, Health Canada is saying you don't have to reposition your baby because they have rolled independently. But what we're talking about in this question is a baby who's learned to roll onto her belly, but isn't happy about it and is frustrated and is stuck. So of course we need to go help them out. So Next thing I'll say before we talk about helping baby out in that situation is helping baby learn all the rest of the day. So practice, practice, practice this rolling because the sooner your baby masters this new skill, the sooner this is going to be less disruptive to their sleep. So not just on the play mat in the day, certainly tummy time in the living room on the play mat, but practice in your baby's crib as well, because the crib is a really different space for your baby than the play mat in the middle of the big open living room. So in the crib during awake time, go take your baby there, supervised, put them on their belly, lights on, put a couple toys in the crib, some music on, have your playtime in there. Put your baby on their belly and go around the other side of the crib and say, where's mommy? Where's mommy? Come over to mommy so that your baby can try to get to you by rolling from their belly onto their back towards you. This can be a really good way to practice this in the crib. So practice, practice, practice. But if while you're practicing, baby still hasn't mastered it yet and you've put them to bed for the night or for a nap and they roll onto their belly, how are we going to manage this? Like anything else, you have to manage this the way you are most comfortable with as a parent. But generally, my recommendation is make sure you can supervise baby. And when you see that they have rolled onto their belly, try to give them a couple of minutes especially if they're not super upset, but they're kind of fussing, they're working on this skill, they're trying to get back over, give them some time to try and delay gratification. And then go do a quick flip and get out of sight again. We want to avoid this becoming a game. That's the key here because often what I'll see is baby will roll into their belly and parents will immediately go and roll them back. And then baby will almost immediately roll back to their belly. And then parents will almost immediately go roll them back. And it can become really tiring and frustrating for parents, but a very interesting game for your baby. So I would try to give your baby some time, then go make the flip really quick as minimal interaction as you can to make it pretty boring and then get out of sight again and increase the time that you wait before you do the flip if you're comfortable with that and if your baby starts to seem to get it or if it does seem to be becoming a game when you're doing it so quickly consider increasing the time before you go do that flip if you're comfortable with that and then be consistent. It's a phase. I know we hate hearing that as parents. It's just a phase. It'll pass, but it actually will. Your baby is going to master this. It usually takes a week or two and you're going to get to the other side of it. And the more you can help baby practice, but avoid it becoming sort of a game or a sleep crutch by you constantly going in over and over and over super quickly, the faster this is likely going to pass without too much overall disruption to your baby's sleep. Next question. Hey, Erin, my little guy is 18 months. He's on one nap. Oh, look, we're back to the nap questions. He's on one nap and has been for a few months. He wakes for the day around 7 a.m. 
naps from 1230 to 2 and is in bed around 715 or 730. Lately, he's been waking up for a little cry about an hour after bed. And then an hour later, sometimes the middle of the night at 3 a.m. as well. He is able to put himself back to sleep, but I'm wondering if this is a scheduling issue. Is there anything I can change? There is. This little guy is 18 months. He's on one nap, which is great. Most 18-month-olds are ready to be on a one-nap schedule, but just barely. Most children do really well with a two-nap schedule until around 16 to 18 months. So this child is just on the cusp of when he's really, really ready for this one-nap schedule. But he's going to bed around 7.15, 7.30 and having an hour and a half nap in the day. An hour and a half is a good nap. Two hours is a great nap. Two and a half hours is a phenomenal nap for an 18-month-old. So if we're just napping an hour and a half and we're not going to bed until 7.15, 7.30 at 18 months of age, we are probably overtired. And overtiredness is going to lead to those nighttime sleep disturbances, those cryouts, those disruptions to your child's sleep. I would suggest that an 18-month-old who is napping for two to two and a half hours could certainly go to bed around 7.15, no problem. But I would suggest that an 18-month-old who's only napping about an hour and a half in the day probably needs to be going to bed at more like 6.30 p.m. If your child starts to nap longer, they could go to bed a little later. Once this child is a little older, like two to two and a half years, they could go to bed a little later, 7.15, 7.30. But at just 18 months, one nap a day, that nap only being about an hour and a half, we have to consider that 7.15 is too late and probably this child would go to bed easier, have fewer nighttime disruptions if they went to bed around 6.30 before they became kind of overly agitated, overly stimulated, overtired. Final question for today. Hi, you posted a response on Instagram the other day about day sleep for a one-year-old who takes one nap at daycare, but still really needs two naps. I'm wondering how much you let them catch up on the weekend with two naps. What are the nap lengths of those two naps? So this parent has heard me say in our posts on Instagram that if your one-year-old is already down to one nap a day at a daycare that just accommodates one nap per day, that you can often help them catch up on the weekend with two naps per day. I really do recommend that. It won't always work. Some children, once they start having one nap per day, five days a week, their body clocks will just become accustomed to that and they won't be able to fall asleep for two naps per day on the weekends. But for some children, the schedule can be very helpful. If your one-year-old is on one nap a day at daycare and is still willing to go down for two naps a day on the weekends, I highly recommend it because it can help them catch up. If your child is on one nap a day during the week, they're probably building up a bit of sleep debt from having a lot of extra awake time for their age during the week. So on the weekends, we catch them up a little bit. Catching them up doesn't necessarily mean they have a ton more sleep in the day. It means that they don't have to handle as much awake time in the day. So a one-year-old who's at daycare having one nap a day might have a two, two and a half hour nap. That same one-year-old on the weekend, I would suggest that they get about two to two and a half hours of daytime sleep. But I would suggest that that be split up between a mid-morning nap and a mid-afternoon nap because then your child doesn't have to deal with so much awake time leading up to their nap and so much awake time from their nap to their bedtime and their body clock can kind of catch up and not have to deal with all that awake time and catch up on that sleep debt that they might have been experiencing during the week by getting a similar amount 
amount of sleep, but not having to endure so much awake time between their sleeps. So to answer this mom's question on the weekend for a one-year-old, if you're offering two naps, I would still try to keep it to around an hour for one of those naps and around an hour and a half max for the other nap. They still probably don't need more than about two and a half hours of daytime sleep, but what they do need is less awake time between their sleeps. So that's the key to doing the two naps on the weekend, but the one nap during the week for a one-year-old who's at a daycare that just does the one nap. That's something you can consider if your child is in that situation. Some daycares do offer two naps a day and that's great. Other daycares don't and I totally understand why. It's definitely difficult to accommodate multiple different children on multiple different schedules. Definitely easier to just have everyone go down at the same time. And some 12-month-olds do just fine with that. For some 12-month-olds, it takes a little more adjusting and this two-nap schedule on the weekend can really help them during that adjustment period. I hope that was helpful, everybody. Mostly naps for today. Those are the number one questions that I get are about naps. The number two is about nighttime wake-ups. I talk about this all the time on Instagram at the Happy Sleep Company. So be sure to follow us there. Subscribe to Sleep Cues because we've got loads of questions here every week about this too. And hopefully the answers can help you out through navigating some of these big changes in your baby's sleep. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.